When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. The Square Ball Podcast. Welcome to the Square Ball Podcast 173 with Levi Solicitors. 10% off your legal fees when you mention the Square Ball. Head to levisolicitors.co.uk forward slash the Square Ball. I'm Dan Moylan with me, Michael Normanton. Hello. And Moscow White's Daniel Chapman. Hello. Well, issue seven of our fanzine would have been coming out for Luton at the weekend, but that's not happening, so you can get it on our website instead. John Tregonin has done a brilliant cover featuring Luke Aileen's wonderful hair. You can get half-season subs there as well if you need something to read during the lockdown. Issues five to eight will be delivered to your home, and we've got links to the merch as well on there. You can find the new mugs, the Street Fighter design, and the T-shirts as well at thesquareball.net. Well, when I said a couple of weeks ago I thought we were living through history, this wasn't quite what I had in mind. Strange old days, aren't they? Um, The world's turned on its head, obviously, as you know, since we last spoke due to coronavirus. Has this put football in a slightly different context for you now? I feel like a couple of weeks ago, I was mainly worried about football and this stopping it. It feels a bit more important than that now, which is a shame because I I kind of like my main worry being about football because it doesn't actually matter, does it? It's it's certainly framed my football-related anxiety. It's given it a little bit more perspective. Especially the, uh, the discussion about when the season's going to be completed and the fact that people like Chris Sutton and Karen Brady and whoever else keep crawling onto the radio just to bleat about it constantly makes me less worried. I think that's giving me some perspective at the moment is just shut the fuck up because we don't know, do we? It's we'll, We will talk about it in a bit, but I don't think the full situation has really hit home for anybody yet. And I think the longer we spend... Effing and Jeffing about whether the promotion is, and relegation is going to be re- respected and who's going to go to court with who. You know, try and open a, a courtroom. You know, <laughs> good luck with your, your legal bids. I mean, Levi's solicitors, no doubt, will be will be there to help anybody who needs advice during uh, the, the coming weeks and months. But I don't think anybody's going to be particularly keen to, to get into a courtroom and, and debate whether West Ham should go up or down or not if they don't have to. And who are you, who are you going to be suing? A bankrupt Premier League? A bankrupt Football League? Bankrupt Sky TV, you know, bankrupt football clubs suing other bankrupt football clubs. That was it with uh, uh, UEFA deciding today, aren't they, whether to postpone the European Championships. And there was a report saying they're going to ask for like £270 from the clubs to make up for what they they might lose. And I feel like the the clubs and the leagues should sort of say, well, fuck off. Come and get it from us later. (laughs) Say, all right, don't postpone your European Championships. Hold them. And we wish you all the best. We'll see you in your your pan-European um, city by city tournament that you was a, a stupid idea even before there was a global pandemic and now just feels even more ridiculous. Good luck. Let us know when you're having it because obviously, oh, we're not going to be able to play anything while you're having your big tournament, are we? 
we'll just look after our 270 million quid for now um, and because we're going to spend it all on nothing. We're going to pay Wazim Boy to hang around with Paul Pogba until the end of time. I mean, he, he's the real victim in all this because he enjoys a bit of travel, doesn't he? So, I mean, where is he quarantined now? I hope it's somewhere good. He's probably sat somewhere counting all his money. Uh, yeah, we are in the same room at the minute in the same studio. Again, we don't know how long that's going to be available for, so we may, may end up doing this remotely in weeks to come. If we have contingency plans, don't we? Yes, we have the ability to to do this from anywhere. We're, so unfor- unfortunately, you're stuck with us. We're arguably more robust than UEFA. I mean, we say we'll do this remotely until uh, the internet stops working and then the whole world really does break. We are willing to stop doing it for 270 million quid. Yes. If anybody wants to uh, pay us that to not do any podcasts or to postpone them, we'll come back again in 2021 with, are those uh, our demands, with what's left of our 270 million pounds. Yeah, those are our demands. It's negotiable for cash if we're not getting installments, if it's all up front in a suitcase. I was assuming it would be up front now. <laughs> That's my opening offer. Yeah, so you may find that our episodes are a little bit shorter in the absence of any football to talk about. But then again, talking about football was never really our strong suite anyway, was it? It's never stopped us in the summer. We had that theory in the summer, we were like, oh, well, we might just do one every other week because there won't be much to talk about, or maybe they'll be shorter and we still waited on for an hour about nothing. So I don't think we're going to be particularly affected in that that regard. So did you manage to take in any sport or football over the weekend at all? This is not really. I watched I watched a little bit of Clapton against Cricklewood on YouTube just because it was on. I mean, it's really unwatchable. It was filmed on a phone at the side of a pitch. So the view you get of a Sunday league pitch, but on a small screen as opposed mm. to, you know, in real life, which is real life's full size, um, I've realised as well, when you try and watch it, it's quite different watching a full size things happening in before your eyes rather than watching it on a screen. I feel like the way TV's, sport on TV is normally filmed is kind of better than the experience of being there. When you just get it from the one perspective, you realise it's abysmal, the view that you get. I thought you were talking as if you're someone who's not actually looked at a television before. You, you only see part of the, the the action. It's very different to real life. It's like real, they move. They the horse runs as like a real horse, but it's it, but it doesn't go anywhere. Well, I went slightly further up the football pyramid in one respect. I went to Harrogate Town on Sunday. You know, was uh, once home of Bill Fotherby most recently, and that's a nice little ground. They did a good job there. Did a good job, and they're all um, set for the football league. They've got an artificial pitch down. You well painted. Uh, yes, looks good. Yeah, look very, very good. Uh, artificial pitch, which they'll have to like the rip up or cover again. But it wasn't Harrogate Town I was watching. It was Harrogate veterans who play there because they've got the artificial pitch. They can rent it out for community games. Mm. Attendance, including me, about five. Okay, we had like a stand each. I mean, and three of the people that were there were kids of one of the players, Peter Beagree as well. You know the. Um, Oh yeah, former Premier League footballer. He plays for Harrogate Veterans, and it was his kids who were there. So I don't know if we're counting them three in the attendance or whether they were officially part of the uh, the crew. Did he do a somersault? He didn't do a somersault, but he does still have an absolute wand of a left foot, even though he's in his fifties mm. now. It's really, really noticeable. My mate was playing up front for uh, for Harrogate Veterans against Barrick Veterans, and it finished six one, which was all to right. Harrogate. To Harrogate, yeah, absolutely. And get this right, I've discovered something new about football. You know, every day is a school day. In the Veterans League, there is a blue card, not just a yellow and a red card. And if you get shown a blue card, you get sin bin for eight minutes, so you're sent off, but you can come back on again. What sort of offence do you have to commit to get a blue card? Did anyone get one? Yeah, there were two of them got one. There were two. I thought it had been two sendings off for um, 
it was some it's a margy bargy that resulted mm. in one of those. It was heads leaning into each other without actually headbutting. If that if you get right. catch my drift kind of thing. And in a some, veterans league, come on, yeah. lads, grow up. Yeah, the, well, the, they are they are pretty grown up. Uh, there's some F's and C's got thrown around as well in the wake of that, which was in brilliant. front of Peter Beagre's children. Well, he was one of them. Effing and Jeffin was oh. Peter Beagre. So yeah, he, got, <laughs> he didn't get sent off, but he was effing and Jeffin. Peter, you've let me down. But that was interesting. He doesn't do to that see. on Sky, does he? Although he wanted to, because it was him in the studio when. Uh, Aaron Corley. Aaron yeah. Corley pushed over Chris Kirkland and it's the 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 night was summed up in one screenshot of Peter Beagree's tashless face. But um yeah, me and my mate went to the pub for a beer afterwards and uh last we'll be doing that for a while, I think now, I suspect. Well, I hope you're proud of yourself. I I'm, this eight minutes thing, I think bring it in, in the league. And for every, even for the very worst defence, you league? still only get a blue card. What league? When it comes back, we can. This is a chance to reset football. And one of the things to bring back is that no matter how horrific the tackle, you're only off the pitch for eight minutes because then you get real. You, you see, you'll see retribution left, right, and centre because everyone will be like, "He's just done his leg. He's off for eight minutes. When he comes back on, I'm going to take my eight minutes and chop him in half instead." At what point does football get abandoned? Is it is it down to seven when the football gets abandoned? Uh, four. Think, what, mm, what was Neil Warnock doing? In that? I think it's seven. Yeah, yeah. So, or you, eight. so you, that's the the risk that you run. So it's a free for all with blue cards where you can come back on. But if you ever get down to seven, then you lose automatically. Maybe you bring back the the person who's got the least time left. If if he's going to drop below the numbers, you let the you know. No, you forfeit. That's the risk. Mm. That's the jeopardy that's built into it. Oh, okay. Yeah, let's go with that as a rule. Are we allowed in these new rules to use props like metal chairs or planks <laughs> of wood? Can you come on with a plank of wood with a nail in it? I don't see why not. <laughs> WWF style. E, so W. If we're, if we're redoing the rules, yeah. anything's up for grabs. Fair Sticks. Enough. Sticks and a puck. Maybe play it on ice. The desperation um, around this, very much highlighted by the number of people who watch Leeds versus Cardiff on, on FIFA. Yeah, I didn't, I didn't really watch any of this. I had it no. on for two minutes and I thought, I can't watch this. I have tried watching this. Like, uh, Matches Click, absolutely bless his soul, has started up his own Twitch channel. I did watch some of that. Yeah. It's difficult. I've never really got the hang of watching other people play computer games. Yeah, I'm quite... We do a bloody podcast that you don't get to watch it on that Championship Manager podcast that we do. No, exactly. Well, that's it. Because um, what I can follow, I've been watching um, chess on Twitch because I've discovered there's actually a... a, what, a, a what a high-octane of... lifestyle you leave. There's, no, it's quite funny. There's a um, there's a culture of, of young people playing chess and they're really good at it but because they're on Twitch they're also like trash talking each other at the same time there was one the first one I watched I read an article about it and I was like oh, okay I'll have a look at this and it was uh, they were playing somebody in America somebody in Canada playing each other and their time it was about two in the morning one of them was blazing drunk and they've got um, music playing and he kept bursting into I can feel it coming in the air tonight by Phil Collins just did it. and they're playing bullet chess so the the What's bullet chess where there's a, you've only got like two minutes Guns. of your total time. <laughs> so the pawns are flying around and then in the middle of it, this guy just keeps going, boom, 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 boom. And um, it's EastEnders. Fun. I've got them. That was EastEnders. Their commentary on it and what they're doing around it is easier to follow than the actual game because the pieces are absolutely flying around. And I find that with most of the Twitch stuff I've watched is you don't look at the the game so much you've been interested in the person and click although it's it's nice to see him he is doing it in polish so it's quite difficult for a non-polish speaker to to follow there's occasional bits of um i had a look last night and he was saying that uh i think calvin ben white and i think he said leaf davis all play Fortnite on there somebody had asked him in the chat if you want to chat to him 
Because that's the other thing with Twitch is you have a, a chat window, so you can just type in questions and clicky if he sees your uh, sees your question, he'll answer. So you know we don't have to miss them entirely. Our favourite players. <laughs> it was kind of nice just to see him. Yeah, weirdly sat in his spare room with headphones on, talking in mainly in Polish, playing a game that was absolutely bewildering. Mm. I've never seen it before. It was like it's League it, of Legends. He's playing. Isn't it, it looked kind of like orcs and shit like that yeah goblins running around with numbers on them people hitting stuff I I know it was like a, it was like Warhammer for you know and there was one bit where he, he got up and he walked away and the game just sort of carried on and he and I would have like when I played computer games when I was younger obviously you have to pause it because you know freeze again just comes back and picks it up but there was a time yeah I was I was looking at a, a game where there was nothing happening and a, a little inset video of an empty chair in an empty room where matches click had been. And I thought, yeah, this um, the next few months are going to be hard, aren't they? <laughs> and Fortnite is what the other lads are playing, is it? Because my son plays Fortnite quite a lot. Yeah, I think, I don't know if they're going to all crack on with the channels. Pontus Janssen obviously has his Call of Duty team, if anybody wants to um, catch up with him. He said, uh, I loved it. He was playing a bit of it last year. What was funny was it was just after he had his kid, he suddenly started this Twitch channel with his mates in Sweden and getting serious about his Call of Duty career. And then after he moved to Brentford, he he really formalised that team and he put a tweet out that says, I'm I'm so happy to have finally achieved my dream of a competitive Call of Duty team. <laughs> and well, it's great being a parent as well. Yeah. And all the Brentford fans must just be like, um, and you captain of Brentford? Fuck that, captain of a of a computer game. So he's on there. I don't know if um, Calvin or Ben White or anybody like that are going to take the plunge of, a, of doing this publicly. Click, obviously, he's got the confidence. He's a confident lad. I get the feeling um, Calvin will probably just sit there too shy to put his face on, won't he? I think Click as well, he's going to thrive in this because he was on about his graffiti and stuff, wasn't he? When the deserted streets are going to be an absolute perfect stage for him to get out there with his cans. And it was good to see that the players are still at Thorpe Arch being thrashed relentlessly day by day after day by Bielsa. And they're going to be still absolutely fighting fit, aren't they, when, when this all returns? They've had a couple of days off, bless them. I mean, it's looking increasingly like we should probably give them a treat. This is a summer break, I would say, and just say, look, have a have a few weeks off. And have a couple of hours off, lads. Because otherwise they might end up having to play at this Bielsa pace for like a solid two years. Which is too much for any man. We, well, I mean, what else are they going to do apart from a weekly murder ball session? It's got to, you don't want to lose their interests and their uh, their own pastimes. Try and keep it as normal as they can. And while we're keeping fit, you know, Wayne Rooney's probably putting about a stone already. <laughs> this is it. Richard Keogh, the Derby might end up re-signing him if he recovers from that knee in time. Well, given all the stuff that's been happening lately, there's a certain irony, I think, attached to all the future planning talk that we've been putting out in recent weeks um, with our podcast partner, Levi Solicitors. COVID-19, it's given us, I think, the starkest reminder that we need to look after things. And with so much focus on the elderly and the vulnerable as well, once things have settled down, please do get in touch with Levi's about future planning. Um, As we mentioned across the last few shows, they offer services related to wills and probate, lasting power of attorney and care home fees. And on this last point, the care home fees can be very expensive. You hate the cost of this, Michael. 790 quid a week, they can be about that level. I'm not having that. It must be avoided at all costs. <laughs> well, financial assistance is available if you do need to look into care home fees for the elderly. Some of it is means tested though, and Levi's can give you advice on the best way to protect your assets as well so that you receive the financial assistance for your future care home fees that you're entitled to. You can get in touch with Levi's directly on 011 and 10% off your legal fees for mentioning the square ball. Uh, full information at levisolicitors.co.uk forward slash the square ball. 
I've just made a note to open a care home. Well, will the show go on? We will find out in the coming weeks and months. I think that's what's part of the uh, one of the stresses. I mean, obviously, there's far more important things going on than football and missing a bit of football at the minute. But it's one of the stresses related to the sport because it is very much our release, isn't it? It's our distraction from the day-to-day stuff. So when you don't have that, it kind of really messes with your head. I think particularly because all the other stuff's gone as well. If it was just football, like we we do manage summers without football, but you've expect it and you kind of you come to terms with the fact that yes, all right, the season's finished, the new one's coming. You, there's a bit of transfer speculation, there's some pre-season stuff, but you know, you can go on holiday or you can go to some gigs or you can go to the pub or just have a wander somewhere. Just mix with other people. It's quite it's all right when you when you know it's coming. When the alternative is just I oh, just stay at home, I suppose. It's like oh. And that's it? Mm. Really? Do I just have to watch a Polish man play a computer game I don't understand? I've been saying for a while that 46 games in the championship feels too much. And this week that we're in, with it being so potentially season-defining with the Cardiff, Fulham, Luton games, three in a week, two at home, odd times, Wednesday night instead of Tuesday night football and all that, it looked really intense and so I wasn't necessarily looking forward to it because of the amount of just sometimes too much football can be an, an overload. But now there's none of it. I feel like that's too little. Yeah. <laughs> We've gone very much too far the other way. I would, if we could have just, I mean, we're, we're talking about how many teams should go up to the Premier League, whether it should be a 22 get two team season when it restarts or whatever. If we could have just before any of this started, just like cut six teams out of the championship off the bottom, obviously, that would have been absolutely fine by me. Yeah, but just grinding the whole thing to a to a halt worldwide. The Russian Premier League seems to be still kicking on. When I look at the uh, there's the website livefootballontv.com. So on Friday, today is Tuesday. This is normally absolutely festooned with with games from wall to wall. Central Coast Mariners versus Melbourne City is at eight thirty a.m. on BT Sport Extra Two. I think the, is that still uh, going? I thought they cancelled the A Leagues. I think they're doing the A League behind closed doors, right? So they're still going. And Melbourne City, I think, have some um, what do you call it? Patrick Isnorbo involvement. He used to manage their women's team, but I think he's coaching the men now. And the Russian Premier League that afternoon, Sochi versus Rostov on uh, Russian Premier League YouTube. And then, yeah, that's it. It's just, um, it's Australia and Russia for the foreseeable future. It is a, a slight sadness. I don't know why. I, I think I open it out of habit as much as anything, just because the app's there on my phone, but FopMob on Android, I open it and there's just little lines through every game. Mm. And it's a bit like, oh, well, oh just a, a slight sense of lot. It's a bit like when you get junk mail to like a dead relative or something, you're like, oh, okay. All the, uh, all the Euro 2020 playoffs are still scheduled for the week of Thursday the 26th of March. It reckons... Georgia versus Belarus and Norway versus Serbia and North Macedonia versus Kosovo will be kicking off, which is, I suppose, when we we just mentioned the training thing, if North Macedonia versus Kosovo does somehow go ahead, you know, that's... uh, Gianni Alioski would be in that, wouldn't he? Scotland versus Israel, Nita Liam Cooper, all that kind of stuff. So I guess they've got to keep themselves ticking over in the pretense that any of these games are going to get played. We've had an update. I mean, as you hear this, this will not be new news to you, but it is to us that UEFA have officially proposed to leagues and clubs a meeting that's taking place as we speak, that the Euros be delayed by a year, so it just needs to be ratified by the national federations. And uh, so that that should be happening. That's Tariq Panja, the uh, New York Times Mm -hmm. uh, respected football journalist who's reporting that. So it looks like that's getting bumped to 2021, which would suggest that they are creating room for the domestic leagues to finish in 2020, if possible. And I think, I mean, we've heard 
heard from Angus on this one. You see the point and you tend to agree that once they've looked after everybody in-house that the leagues probably have to finish just for the, the sake of everybody's sanity and, and the integrity of the leagues. We've, we've spoken about the fact VAR is creating dead bits of football that, that didn't actually happen. If we have to just go, okay, that whole season, Tyler Roberts' goal against Hull, that's not really a goal anymore. 5-4 against Birmingham, not even a match. Not even a match, it never happened. It's pointless. I think it's given... You, you rarely have time to think about what football is kind of for just because it's always there but this does give us a bit of a, a time to step back and go actually if no one can watch it and there's no one there to, in the stadiums to celebrate goals going in it's kind of shit there's, there's really no point in it like even the games that are going on behind closed doors I could I could just about accept if they had to play a few this season but when you're into playing hundreds of games all behind closed doors what, why? what's the point of it? It's, it, it people lose interest in it quite rapidly if there's no one in the stadiums there is a, a question as well of, because at the moment, our priority it seems like the thing that everybody's worried about is Leeds going up into the Premier League. And I think there is a way that the longer this goes on, the less important that might feel. And it's just going to be playing again. Was well, that duality, isn't there, we, which we spoke about on the Phil Hay show last week of the immature part of your brain is desperate for Leeds to go up and it's kind of everything is on that. But equally, the rational grown-up side of your brain says this is a, a crisis moment for humanity. It's probably not that important. That's what I meant earlier on about this. It's rationalised my anxiety around promotion. Actually, it's made me think it's fine because there's kind of something a little bit more important going on. However, that's not to say that the strength of feeling towards needing to get our domestic leagues finished is not perfectly rational and, and understandable. Yeah, it is. I just I think um, it it's all depends on when football can start again. And that's, I feel like it's not a, a problem to me to just pause all those decisions and just see where we're at. We need to get to the point where it's possible to play football again. And then we look at the date and we say, right, what can we do from here? Because... I mean, worst case scenarios, if uh, football doesn't get played again for a year and we're going to, do we finish off the nine games from last season? I mean, it, it becomes then, is it still worthwhile finishing that season or does the length of time between it just become so vast that it becomes almost an, mm. an irrelevance anymore? And you're talking about different players. Adam Forshaw will be back fit. Tyler Roberts probably have had a succession of much more severe injuries as the time's gone on. So you're almost, you're starting again at some undefinable time in the future, possibly with an entirely different squad. Adidas kits. With, yeah, so... I, I mean, mean, if it goes on, if it does happen to last for a year, which hopefully it won't, it raises the possibility as well. How many clubs will be left to play this? Because people can't afford to pay salaries without people coming through the gates. I mean, the Premier, some Premier League just about can. We maybe can for a bit because I guess season ticket revenues starting to trickle in for the renewals for next year. But, you know, it, particularly in the lower leagues, there's a lot of clubs who are trading hand to mouth mm. every single week. And if they've not got any, any gates coming in, they, the players will just have to say, well, you're just sort of leaving, I'm afraid. And it's not like in the old days, either when someone like Bury went bust, their players go, OK, we'll just find other clubs. All of a sudden, players are left thinking, well, there's nothing yeah. we can do. There are, there are no other clubs. Adam Forshaw working in your local green grocers to make ends meet there is as well the uh there's been a lot of people um asking the club at least on social media to extend or delay season ticket renewals because they're saying we don't think we can afford them at the moment don't mm. know if we're gonna have a job in a few weeks and they don't want those payments to start coming out how can you start taking payments for next season when we don't know when this season's gonna finish so that affects again not just our club but clubs at lower levels if they started doing uh season ticket renewals when can they start getting them in? And it's going to, I mean, 
we don't want to get into the political side of this too much at this point, but at what level who gets helped um, to get through this is going to be a an interesting question that has mm. to keep being asked. It's quite, the, it's quite the challenge, isn't it? Because you've seen just how quickly and how easily the social fabric has started to unravel. And it's that's the frightening bit about all this, isn't it? I mean, like some of my neighbours, they run a kid's play centre and they can't go in. Nobody can go in. And suddenly you sat on a you know a business that needs to be run and saw them on the school run this morning and um, they were saying three months. They've basically got three months for, for this to turn mm-hmm. around. I think there is a, there's been a commitment in France to say that whatever is necessary, nobody will go bust. We will fund whatever is required to keep everybody in in business, as long as Wassim Boy gets his wages, that's what that's what my concern is. That's one of those things. Is if when it, when it comes to who gets helped out and things, you know, does the Premier League deserve bailing out? Is that a necessary thing? It probably isn't, is it? And we might be coming back in a year's time to we might be in the Premier League because there might only be thirty professional teams left in England, and they might have they might have decided to split it up completely differently. Well, then they might all be paying reasonable wages. There yeah. might be a, a realization that the amount of money that they were shoveling into the pockets of people like Wazim Boy. I don't know why we keep picking on him. I mean, I'm sure he's a he's a nice enough lad and he didn't give himself that contract. But there's no reason for him to be earning 15, 20 grand a week to not play football. And yet somehow over the, the last however many years, football has decided that's kind of, as a sport, that's normal. And mm. they've just gone, well, all this money's coming from TV subscriptions and then to us through a, a broadcasting deal and from advertisers. Why don't we just give it to... 20 year olds to do nothing well that's that you know there's a good thing you, you raised there because the tv money not only the sky sports and bt sport money in the uk but from around the world it's the international broadcasting deal where all the money is isn't it for the premier league so you get the sense that the show must go on in one way or another and not a single one of these clubs has got a, a reserve of cash and that's one of the ridiculous things is that they've been given absolutely billions of pounds over however many years and none of them have got enough left to keep them going because they've just given it straight into the the pockets of of players and agents which has always seemed like a bad idea apart from obviously peter ridsdale do you mean do we all cancel sky sure it would work do we all cancel sky sports now as well well that's the thing none of the businesses that are reliant on football can continue to operate like this like like you say why would you bother keeping sky if you've not got football all the money that Sky get in from bookmakers and who are paying to advertise all the shirt sponsors that are bookmakers. There's nothing to bet on at the moment, so they will go bust fairly soon as well. It's very telling that horse racing is carrying on behind closed doors, isn't it? Because the one thing everybody must keep doing, keep gambling. It's like society is breaking down and we know we have all those messages about doing it responsibly, but gamble, 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 because it's the only industry that will keep going. Those horses can run. Get the greyhounds out there, not getting it. Dogs are apparently can't get the uh, the virus, so greyhound racing is going to have a big resurgence just because we've got to keep people gambling at all costs. Mind you, I might start watching it. I didn't realise that was still going. It's giving us something to do. We find out what's important in society, don't we? <laughs> the worst thing, um, or the worst thought rather, occurred to me last night is that if they do end the season for some reason and we're not promoted, if they just voided the season, we never get to see Bielsa at Leeds again. He might stay. I can see, bizarrely, he might actually quite like this collapse of society and football. He might be like, okay, time to restart it then. Well, how do we do it properly this mm. time? And he might be, he might stick around to do to do a proper job of it. If I let him just run it, I'm happy to, if, if it all goes wrong, he doesn't have to be our manager, but he does have to be in charge of world football. Well, I was thinking... Um, Government as well? Well, yeah, I was just thinking, because the one thing the, the budget said, Yorkshire, West Yorkshire's got the devolution deal. So at some point, although they've delayed it, we'll have mayoral elections for Leeds, Bradford... 
Calderdale as well are involved, aren't they? So all uh, field. So to put Bielsa up, if the football's not happening, you can just run run the uh, the what will it be? It'll be a, a city uh, assembly or something. Yeah, I, I you can run the, the West Yorkshire Assembly for us. I'd vote for him. Lamrani's I'd vote for into him. his politics as well, isn't he? Get Lamrani back. The People's Republic of West Yorkshire. <laughs> Certainly will be one a massive five million strong socialist state. Oh, hilarious. I mean, it's been Yorkshire's destiny for a long time, I think. And we did have an interesting proposition from David on Twitter uh, who suggested, I mean, this, I mean, we don't want to make light of what is going on. I want to stress that before we read this out because we're not. It's just, it was an interesting theory because you kind of go, well, no, that's madness. But actually you read it and you go, ah, there is logic there. This is based on the dubious assumption it is inevitable everyone will be in isolation at some point. So could clubs consider pre-preparing isolation apartments, medication and medical staff and then deliberately infect players with coronavirus and critical staff as soon as possible? They could get it all over within a controlled manner and then the football authorities couldn't uh, make them play until they were fully recovered. And then everybody's ready at the same time and the league can reconvene uh, better than dragging it out for months and months, which you think... Why would you want to del- deliberately infect somebody? But actually, the logic, if you've got kids, you'll be aware that parents will have, like, um, chicken pox parties, for example, where you throw all the kids together in a room so they all get it and get it out of the way. This is not... I don't think this is a million miles away from one of the things that is being discussed because one of the options that uh, Angus Kinney talked about was finishing the season behind closed doors because the, the, the reason the football shut down was not because of a risk to the crowds. We kind of mentioned this on the, the Phil Hay show last week before it all kicked off, that what was going to stop it is once players start getting infected and managers start getting it and they can't put a team out. So basically the entire reason we didn't play Cardiff at the weekend is because Mikel Arteta can't keep his dirty hands clean. He was the first one to go above the parapet and then it's um, Hudson-Odoi at Chelsea, wasn't it? And then three at Leicester. And that was what happened where it's like all the teams are saying, some of our players have, have got it and they're self-isolating. That was the problem. If all the players and staff had been fit, they would have just herded us all into football stadiums so we carry on and we watch and it's fine. So if there is a point where they basically can look through all the squad lists of every team in every competition and go, well, they've all had it and they're all fine now, then they can actually put those games on and stick them on TV, get the, the season to a conclusion in a reasonable amount of time, decide what happens to 2019-20, move on from there. So I think I don't think deliberately infecting the players is, is something that anybody has raised, although um, Rob Price is probably re- working on his own so-called vaccine as we speak. Um, we, are, we, are we sure he was not the origin of this whole thing? We've spoken before about his, his bizarre methods. Was he trying to graft bat wings onto Gianni Alioski at some point? I'm just I, saying we can't rule it out. We can't rule it out. But it, yeah. But the, legally uh, we can. <laughs> Levi's just been they're, they're very quick with the, the Levi's bell's just gone off there <laughs> the Levi's bell is in front of you you slope I, it's, it's a gantry bell I don't, I don't want to use it I don't want to use it in vain no we're having, all... to re, we're having to repurpose it at the minute there's no, gan, oh, okay. there's no this, gantry is there I mean we're talking about disaster planning my dad used to be a, a safety officer he had a, an argument once about why a bell at a workplace, why they'd not evacuated everybody for an unexploded World War II bomb that they found. And they all said, well, it wasn't a fire, so we didn't ring the, the fire bell. What did you think we should do? He said, okay, here's what we're going to do. We're going to rename the fire bell the emergency bell from now on. And we're like, oh, okay, so we ring it in emergencies. Yeah, okay. <laughs> just you, it, we'll just ring that bell when we need a bell. We don't have any other bells. I feel like someone else should be in charge of the bell. <laughs> 
Why is everyone having a go at me? <laughs> because society's collapsing and we're feasting on the weak. It's the, the thing about everyone getting it, though, I must admit there's been a bit of me as thought, I kind of want to get this sooner rather than later. Just get it out of the way. And then once you've had it, you kind of, you're a, a bit like a superhero, aren't you? Because you can wander about the place like... I'm fine. Yeah, anyone, if anybody tries to put you back in tows. Anyone any, sh- anyone any shopping getting? I'll, I'll go out, mate. I'm not bothered. I'll, I'll, I'll lick, I'm happy to lick surfaces. I'll do whatever you want. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, how to get 30, how to get 20, 20, 20, how to get 20, 20, how to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. This Mother's Day, celebrate the extraordinary women in your life with a heartfelt gift from Blue Nile. Whether it's for your mom, a mother figure, or yourself as a mom, find that perfect piece to express your love and appreciation. Explore Blue Nile's exquisite pearls and mesmerizing gemstones that she's sure to love. Enjoy fast shipping options like guaranteed free shipping and returns. Make this Mother's Day unforgettable with a piece from Blue Nile. Right now, get up to 50% off at BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact, you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. Well, the blasphemy slash booze baton slash sangria stick again has adopted a significantly different feel to it now. We're giving it a new name. I was thinking maybe Corona Crutch. Yeah, something like that. Um, this was the idea of Eden J. Harris on Twitter. Stupid fucking idea, Eden. It was supposed to determine the location of our end of season promotion party, but as it stands, we don't even know if we have a season end point, let alone a promotion. And, and, certainly, I- and certainly no party. Whose idea was this? Eden J. Harris. Um, what happened in the Garden of Eden? Somebody got an apple off a snake, didn't they? And then the whole mankind was ruined from that point. It was fine until Eden got involved. I mean, if I mean, if you if you are new to this, uh, you've picked one hell of an entry point, yeah. really. And if you're not used to our grasp of theology, please don't correct my grasp of the Gospels. So basically the party was going to be in Leeds at the start of the season. First team to beat us was Stoke in the League Cup, so they took it. It was then passed from team to team like that. And then the, the baton was split when Atletico Madrid beat Liverpool so that's the uh, the European sangria stick and then we've got the domestic booze baton as well so to address the sangria corona stick staff whatever the hell it is I'm I quite like sure. corona crutch we, to it. well we thought the existential question posed by this was going to be the biggest problem we faced in the last week and then it popped coronavirus to uh, well no they didn't pop up that's the wrong phrase isn't it it took over the news agenda should we say Liverpool beat Atletico the in normal news agenda <laughs> to put it mildly dominating the headlines uh, Liverpool beat Atletico in normal time, but then Atletico won it in extra time, which threw up quite the question. And after a fair amount of head scratching, we sort of took the Sean Harvey approach to making it up as you go along and decided that Atletico just got to keep it to keep it interesting. But we're not going to Spain, are we? That's not happening. Yeah, it's, a, it's a virus hotspot, isn't it, Madrid? So maybe not there. Not yet. One day. This is it. We've got a line. Where's your holiday, Michael? Oh, it's in the, well, it's nowhere now. It's in Pontefract. <laughs> it's my holiday, let's be honest. I, might, I may be allowed into the garden. 
Well, it, was, it was meant to be in the in the south of Spain, so but yeah, it's not happening. We can, we've got to look forward to these things. I think we've got to keep the uh, the sangria stick and the booze baton just there as a promise from the future that everything's going to be okay, and one day we're all going to fuck off to Spain. We're going to have a fucking party, uh, and it'll be great. And this, we will complete this. We are not having <laughs> whatever happens with the actual seasons. Although Atletico Madrid are keeping this two hundred and seventy million quid not to go to Spain. Yeah, okay. Mm. I mean, that, that's the thing, actually, the genuine, seriously underlying point about the frustration of all this is being denied that day, isn't it? Because I, I remember saying the other week, it's like, I feel like I've got one of the best days of my life coming up and I know it's happening in the next couple of months. Not as the case may be now. And I think that's what, what underpins it and what hurts is thinking um, that I'm being denied that day. I'm really trying to keep the, the positive energy flowing, even though every fibre of my being says uh, otherwise. The day to look forward to, perhaps, will be the day when we can all go to a football game again. Just yeah. think how good that's going to be. Elland Road again, Leeds versus, doesn't even matter who we're playing. If it's, you know, if Pontefract are the only team left and we're playing them, 35,000 people in that stadium, fuck it, build a temporary stand because there's that many people going to be wanting to go and put one on top of the, the south stand. Just, <laughs> just use the roof, I'm sure it can hold it. 50,000 people at Elland Road, big screens outside for the overflow. Everybody's back together and we're just watching fucking Johnny Alioski chase a ball around and everything will feel all right. It won't matter if we're winning the league, if we're in the Premier League, if we're promoted or not. Just Bielsa on the touchline, absolutely fuming that Calvin Phillips is not subbing him off after 20 minutes because he's forgotten how to play uh, centre DM. All that stuff that's going to be a good day, whatever. So yeah, that's true. we have good days ahead of us. I, so. I do feel a bit, a little bit like my positivity had crept in the last couple of weeks, hadn't it? I was kind of acknowledging that we might go up. Now look what's happened. And then before we were recording this, you just scrolling through your phone going, well, another business gone bust. So yeah, <laughs> have you seen, uh, seen who's got it now? Just said, uh, yeah, Tom Hanks. Tom I mean, well, he's had it for a while. 12 months ago. Idris Elba. 12 mm. months ago, the, the phrase... Who's, who's going to be James Bond now? The phrase that we said 12 months ago, it'll be interesting to see how we fuck it up from here and not go up. I mean, yes. Christ, it took a global pandemic this season, didn't it? <laughs> Jesus. And it does raise the question, football comes back, are we just going to make things worse and worse? The closer Leeds gets a promotion, they've let us get within nine games of it. If it is one game to go up when we finally come back, Meteor? Probably. What's the next What's the next thing that stops I, us? I was working on a theory that this this whole thing isn't actually happening. So we, we'll, we're we going to wake up and it'll be May 2016 and Steve Evans will still be our manager. Because nothing, nothing's, nothing's really made sense since then, has it? With the whole, it was pre-Brexit, it was pre-Trump, it was pre-Bielsa. Because it didn't really make sense, did it, when Bielsa took the job? It's all been, um, yeah, just everything, like the apple cart's overturned and everything's thrown upside down. And just a the, fever dream. The way that you understood things is, is different. I, I was thinking, I was kind of relieved that we do have whatever you, you make of him, Angus Kinnear doing the, the interview rather than Massimo Cellino, um, giving his take on how to, uh, to deal with the, the Hey, we closed up, Arch, anyway. It's fine. And it's not COVID-17, it's 19. It's it's lucky. 19, G- a lucky number. Given that there was an outbreak of infection as a result of closing that pool or not cleaning it properly, it feels a little bit close to home, does that one, doesn't it? Bloody hell, fire. Uh, anyway, um, back to the batons as well, because we're not going to Spain, but we're not going to Croydon either, are we? Because, uh, well, to be fair, that was the case without the pandemic. <laughs> we're um, just not going. Because <laughs> the domestic booze baton now rests in the hands of Crystal Palace. Uh, where do we go from here, then, is the question. Where do we go from we're here? We're not Croydon, I think. Maybe maybe. Croydon's a thing they can they can reorder after after this is all all calmed down. Reorder, as in just I like mean, close it. I'm I'm using you know quite subtle terminology there for demolishing it. <laughs> 
start it again. Absolutely no reason to do so, but why not? I've been there a couple of times and I've not liked it. We did mention last week that they That's how it's going to be judged from now on. They have a tram and we do not. Do you think once we have reorganised as the People's uh, Republic of West Yorkshire under the leadership of Bielsa and Lamrani, we just go down there with some flatbed trucks and nick the tram? Take the tram. Well, Roy Hodgson's in charge down there, isn't he? And he's, he's going to be stuck in his house for four months, so he's not going to be able to stop us. So I think let's go and take it. The Phil Hayes Show, our joint podcast with The Athletic, will continue as per normal across this break. The regular release time is Friday morning, 5am UK time. We'll get Phil's take on the current events, everything that's happened and unfolded this week, the implications for football possibly, with a slightly more serious um, slant than we've given it, because Christ knows how... I mean, how do you deal with a global pandemic and and the collapse of society? You wash your hands and you stay indoors. We're putting a lot on Phil Hay there to let him deal with that. (laughs) We can't do it, but we know a man who can. (laughs) Uh, you can get that podcast wherever you found this one and you can listen to it ad-free along with all the other Athletic podcasts via the Athletic app. So if you do need something to read or listen to uh, during this break, get your dose of Leeds United stuff on the Athletic. There's no ads, pop-ups, clickbait and free trial, 50% off a subscription by heading to theathletic.co.uk forward slash the square ball. So what do we do next then? Because this is where we look at the upcoming games and as it stands at the minute, that particular... Uh, that particular page of the book is, is blank. See what, what Click, that, click uh, is doing? I have got notifications now on my phone to see when Click comes on. <laughs> I mean, I'd love to discuss strategies in that game it was playing, but it, it looked like madness to me. It looked like a children's playground. So just things running everywhere. Maybe that's a, a task. Lots of people are sort of saying, are they going to do uh, exercise indoors to get the body that they want during this time? Or they're maybe, maybe learning how to play League of Legends by watching Click do it. Got to say, I've taken the opposite approach and just eating whatever I want and getting a bit drunk because I just feel like, oh well, <laughs> don't matter anyway, does it? It's it's a little soon to give up, Michael. Oh, you got to kill. You got to do something to kill time, haven't you? So yeah, if you've got any recommendations of, I think maybe things we could watch to pass the time. If you've got a good one, then give us a shout. And we can pass it on, can't we? On the podcast, people as well have been saying, oh, you should on this one. I mean, if you by, by the way, send us a question if you want to. We do have the WhatsApp number. If you want to bung that in your phone, the squareball.net forward slash WhatsApp. That will open up the app and the number in your phone, all filled out for you. Yeah, and voice memos. As we've always encouraged people. You're going to need somebody to talk to, so you may as well just ramble into a phone and send it to us. Yeah, this week we've got, um, on the Extra Ball, we've got Bryn Law, but if you want us to, to go through us uh, reviewing old games, we do that on the Extra Ball anyway, don't we? And we were saying, given that we're in a break, sign up for the Extra Ball and enjoy the month free on us. And if you don't want to stick around at the end, fine, just rinse us for a free month, but we'd mm. like it if you did. And cancel it before it kicks in with any cash, that's the yeah. thing, isn't I it? I mean, this is our livelihood now, so, <laughs> so you know, think twice. But Don't, don't tell people, they'll, they'll be coming for us. No one's going to, 80% of people are going to be unemployed by the next time we record one of these. That thing, yeah, the thing we were saying, though, about cancelling Sky, big saving, and then two ninety nine a month to us. And it's, this is, you know, this is relevant content. I think BT had, uh, had Tetris World Championships on. I was I was hearing. So that actually, sounds quite good. Well, I mean, again, that's the kind we can, of thing. Well, you, we can do Tetris. You can get that for free on on Twitch and stuff. So, have you have you got a recommendation here then for something to watch? If you've not seen The Wire, I feel like we we might have younger listeners maybe who have who've missed The Wire the first time round. I'm not even sure it's on streaming services, but you can know you can get these things online, can't you? Be resourceful is what I'm saying. Pay for it, obviously. Mm. Obviously pay for it. DVD box set. Yeah, get a get a box set. You can probably get on VHS or something. Um, I've got the DVD box set of The Wire, actually, so if you want to borrow it, give us a shout. Go. Don't touch anything that's come from Dan's filthy hands. <laughs> that's what I would say. <laughs> yeah, watch The Wire. That's good. Five series as well. I think there's 
Oh, there's hours in that. That'll keep you going for ages. I re- 60 episodes, isn't it? I rewatched it all a few years ago, um, having watched it from the first time when it first came out, but it still stands up and it, it goes on forever. So you'll be you'll be happy with that. Best bit of telly, I've seen that as well. So I, I would second that one. I'll give you a book, The New Me by Halle Butler. It's um, quite a recent one. It's set in workplaces, but it's kind of about the uh, the dissatisfaction of trying to move from like zero hours work to the the dream of a permanent position. And it might be a good opportunity to kind of read that at the moment and and just... Is it fiction? Sneer. It is fiction, yeah. Does it have pictures? It does not have pictures, but it is by somebody called Halle Butler. So if you're not enjoying reading it, you can just kind of stare at the pages and think about Gunnar Hauer. I've been watching... Um... Is it the trip? Steve Coogan, Coogan, Coogan and, and Rob, Rob Brydon. Brydon. That's good. That is good, yeah. It's on Sky, I like that. That's good. And um can recommend Narco. I'm doing Narcos Mexico at the minute on Netflix. Uh, I've not started that one yet. That's uh, it's worth watching. It does make the illegal lifestyle look quite glamorous. Has to be said. Don't think about that if society does start to collapse. That's not the way forward. Well, you can you can be dealing in, you know, toilet rolls and, and things like that now, can't you? Like you can make it, you know, borderline legal. So can we pick a hero and villain, given that it's been a, a fairly quiet week, all things considered? This section is Heroes and Villains, where we uh, single out somebody who's made us happy and sad this last week. I mean, it is quite a light-hearted section, this, but there is a slightly serious tone to some of the stuff that we've um, that we've got this week. Should we start it by ripping into a, a, a frail old man? Yes. Let's do that then. Ken Bates He's not award. frail, that's the point. He's never been frail. No, that, that stomach on him is not... A, he's not the stomach of a frail man, is it? That's a man who is drinking pints of cream and wine every day. If you are... Buttressed. You t- buttressed by <laughs> fucking beef wellington and wine. Buttressed, that's a great, great description. If you are buttressed, new... Buttressed, buttressed garlic in that stomach. If you are new to this show, by the way, uh, Ken Bates gets the first part of the Ken Bates Villainy Award. It's just been the custom since the day we introduced it, hasn't it? Um, we, we can't win it, but we have to give him a nomination. So what are we going to nominate him for? Well, I think if he was here, imagine. I mean, he, he was he was slagging off the Chinese before, wasn't he, when all they were doing was coming to Leeds to do some training for the Olympics. So if this was going on right now and he had access to Just to a give microphone. the full context of his comments, just to how awful they were, he said that all it will do for Leeds is boost sales of sweet and sour pork, having Chinese people visit the city. Mm. So, God, Not, I mean, that, those comments weren't good then, and they no. haven't aged well either. <laughs> no, and and that's when no one had done anything wrong. There was no, there was not even a finger to be pointed at that at that stage. You know, there was no, there was no infection. Everything, everyone was just getting on with having a lovely old time at the Olympics, weren't they? It was a lovely, positive time in Britain then, apart from Ken. Yes. So he's got his nomination, but let's. I mean. Coronavirus is getting this, isn't it? Well, um, something slightly worse. Um, Sean Harvey was on was on Sky. Giving us his opinion. Yeah, on the debate. Why? Why is he giving anybody his opinion? <laughs> Nobody could even get an opinion out of him when he was head of the EFL, and now he's unstoppable. He went down a similar route on it. We were saying, oh, well, it's actually the, the clubs make the rules, because he was saying, they were saying, why is there nothing in the Football League rules about what happens here? And he went, oh, I, I don't make the rules. Like, but when you... <laughs> You were in, in charge of you were in cha- You were in charge of it. Everybody's, oh, it's the, the clubs make the rules. Like, so why were, you, why were you being paid like a six-figure salary then if you weren't doing anything, if, you, if all you were doing was, were you just copy and pasting bits off emails that clubs sent you? I've put it all together in, in, in one PowerPoint for us. Yeah. And, and D- you- Derby say that apparently they can do that and it's fine. I mean, and also we're looking at League One that's got 23 teams in it this year, Sean. Yes. Uh, and- yeah, but Berry decided they didn't want to play football anymore. 
It was their decision. They put that in the rules. And of course, Charlton, whose owners never did provide the information about their financial backing. They didn't want it. That was was the the choice of the club. Mm. It had nothing to do with... uh, Leave Sean in charge of uh, the police for a bit and see what happens. And be like, well, if if well, I've got a big pay rise. If people want to commit crimes, that's really their problem. <laughs> but aren't you meant to be? So- no, no. People just need to stop doing this. The rules are there, uh, and you know it's it's if not. Could, if you could just sign this bit of paper here that triples my salary, that'd be correct. <laughs> I did see him on there. I just think, how the fuck has he ever got a job? Like any job, he's just like a shit accountant or something <laughs> that's been allowed. Which is harsh on accountants because I'm sure there's some some of them are very nice. He's just a man who's been so clearly promoted so far above where he should have ever been. It's just unconvincing in the stuff he says. Like, I wouldn't listen to him if he was telling me, if he was trying to enforce rules at the Football League and he's like, no, you've really got to, you've got to, you've got to follow the, you're not allowed to do it. You'd say, fuck off, Sean. It'd be, he's got all the authority of like a, a supply teacher, you know, when he comes in and the, when one comes in the classroom is just chaos because everyone's like, yeah, it doesn't really matter this, does it? Like a really overgrown 15-year-old just shoving me into the wall <laughs> every day. Every day it's, it happens. People drawing cocks on the board as soon as he's gone, throwing... No, while he's there. Can't <laughs> stop him. I mean, all this... You fl- can't touch me, sir. I can touch you. All this glib humour aside, it's coronavirus that has to get it. Uh, Mikel Arteta, I want you to nominate him. Wash your hands, for God's sake. <laughs> Pep Guardiola hasn't got it. He's supposed to have learned everything from Pep. <laughs> And also, Arteta's probably touching his face all the time, isn't he? Just as he runs his hair, his hands through his thick black hair, which we talked about when we played Arsenal. Suspiciously dark hair. Uh, but coronavirus is still happening, isn't it? <laughs> well, Arteta's hair is riddled with coronavirus, I, I believe, by now. Still, coronavirus is having it, isn't it? Yeah, we may as well. It's been a bit of a problem this week, hasn't it? Well, I mean, I mean, because you know, all joking apart, it is taking lives, and uh, mm. yeah, and it's bringing out the worst. I can't think of anything much more villainous, yeah, uh, at present. And it is bringing out the worst in people, like us included. Sh- yeah, and sh- shop twats, stop holding things. Yeah, uh, you don't need that much bog roll. Nobody needs that much bog roll. And it's ruined our escapism as a third point. The bog roll. No. I am I am uh, relieved by our choice now to to go for a matte paper stock this year because the shiny stuff would have <laughs> what for uh, the magazine of previous I've got loads in I've got loads of back issues in the garage so this the ones from this year are, are going to get utilized I'll see I'll let you know um if they're flush next week <laughs> yeah. a lovely image isn't it get good good purchase on a matte paper <laughs> maybe I could live stream that <laughs> anyone's interested get in touch <laughs> It's going to be part of the uh, the subscription, though. You, you're going to have to pay for that sort of stuff. On to the Andy Hughes Hero Award then now. And um, we have received some nice messages from people, you know, one of which suggested we should put ourselves up for the Andy Hughes Hero Award. Not and- doing that. Which we're more than we're not to doing do. that. No, no. <laughs> Which no, we're not. We're not doing that. But the reason actually we wanted to mention this is because there were a couple of messages in particular, but several that have come in that were kind of deeply personal, not stuff we'd read out on here. People who've been struggling as well. One guy who suffered a terrible family bereavement um, and contacted us on the anniversary of that bereavement just to say, thanks for making stuff and it's our pleasure. You know, it's our part in this is easy. We just sit here and talk shit, don't yeah, we? Yeah, apparently people listening to us is making them feel better, which, I mean, it doesn't make me feel better being here with you two, but I'm glad other people are benefiting. And there was one guy um, who was a student studying um, in the Southwest who, who got in touch with us and just said that it had been, been a really difficult time had reached a pretty dark place and had listened to a podcast and it kind of just, you know, shifted things around for him, even though it was just, you know, for that day and things, you know, are not brilliant instantly. If we've helped to lift your mood, we're really, really pleased. The reason we want to mention it in the hero bit is thank you for reaching out. And it's it's really, really important to be serious for a bit because we are in unprecedented times now and what's happening is doing fucked up shit to people. And it 
plays havoc with your brain anyway. And it's been a weird couple of years when you consider all the strength of emotion that's surrounded like Brexit and things like that and everybody at each other's throats and suddenly all that's come unravelling with coronavirus and it's, it's a difficult time to process everything. So thank you for reaching out. If you do want to reach out and just have a chat with us, do. In many ways, the last thing we need now is for everyone to be sat in houses by themselves but that is what is ultimately going to happen here so stay in touch as nicely as you can with each other don't yeah. fall out of a bog roll yeah and if you if you want to give us a shout we're all knocking about on twitter or you can dm the account or whatever you know we'll always keep it private and if you don't speak to us we'll speak to somebody i mean we are crap at replying to stuff yeah i was gonna make the <laughs> a couple of these uh there is one message from uh a couple of weeks ago that um it's sometimes I don't know exactly what to to reply and there's there's a but we do see you if you are getting in touch with us and uh and talking to us, we are seeing you and we are here and kind of was talking to you through this podcast now um hopefully is a is a reply to let you know that um yeah we're here we see you and there are more traditional things you can look up as well. If you don't want to hear some three grown men playing championship manager from, from 20 years ago, you know, there are there are Samaritans and Andy's Man Club and stuff like that. So mm-hmm. look up those things as well. Yeah, Andy's Man Club are not meeting at the minute though, is it? Because of, uh, of the lockdown on, on group gatherings. But pick up the phone, speak to somebody, text somebody. And if you're fine, reach out to somebody else because if you have been in a dark place, getting that message could be the difference. This is very much... And uh, do you want to ding me off here? Because I mentioned it in my YP column. There we go. This is what the internet was for before people, I'm not going to mention your favourite Twitter anti-celebrity, got hold of it and just used it to argue and be horrible. The whole point of the internet is that people far apart can get in touch with each other and stay in contact in whatever houses or I suppose we're going to be all living in UFOs on different planets. Was the plan by now? Not quite worked out. But yeah, that's what it's for. Not for fucking being horrible to each other 24-7 on uh, at 240 characters at a time, it can actually be useful for uh, for decent stuff. Just need to say it's 280 characters, you prick. Oh, <laughs> up your horrible ass! <laughs> well, yeah, thank you for getting in touch with us and it's our pleasure to do this. And, you know, like I said, our bit is easy and we can do this from wherever we are because it involves us just sitting in a room and talking bollocks. So if our bollocks has entertained you or lightened your mood... <laughs> Thank you. Until the internet does go down, ultimately, and then um, we're all on our own. No, we <laughs> we'll, we'll do it on uh, tapes. We can burn it on CDs and post them out. We've got ways and means. We'll get through this. We'll keep doing this. You've until... got all your analogue equipment still, haven't you, I imagine? I don't actually have a tape player. <gasps> I was relying on... I used to have... The best stereo I've ever owned was in my Peugeot 406 that I had for about 15 years, but then that got scrapped. And I used to... I didn't just, like, sit outside the house in it and listen to tapes. <laughs> But I did contemplate it sometimes because I would be like, if I wanted to hear, I mean, don't tell Greta Thunberg this, but I would just like drive around listening to, uh, I had a tape of um, 100% Dynamite that sounded absolutely fantastic. The reggae compilation sounded fucking outrageous on the speakers. In You're that cruising thing. around a bit in a big, a big dad family car listening yep. to reggae. <laughs> what an image. I think you should, I think if anyone's got a, a 20-year-old Peugeot 406 they can give to Moscow as a gift, then we'll make a series. Just drop it off outside his flat, pop it on bricks, it'll be fine. <laughs> I have got another hero fighting the good fight against COVID-19, John Pemberton. He is going mad as hell in the National League because they kept playing over the weekend. Um, even though he had a player who was reporting some symptoms, he tried to get in touch with anybody as to whether they should go to Dover and play. And apparently the National League were just like, yeah, go on. Why do you want, are you expecting us to decide? And he said... It's uh, the clubs that made the decisions. 
he said, uh, for some reason we played our game, which is crazy. It's the knock-on effect of people it has on a day-to-day life. These are amateur players. We have players who've got young families, young children. It's stupid. We're hoping uh, Hayden Hollis hasn't got COVID-19 despite being ill, but we would be naive to think we haven't got a group of players and no one's got it. You would be naive to think that. So why take the chance? And the other thing to notice is he still looks very much like himself. There's John Pemberton. Oh, yeah. It's that, I feel like that quizzical eyebrow absolutely sums the man up. He's, uh, he's grown a beard and his hair is white, but he's not changed at all. My other nomination following on some from some comments I may have made last week, uh, Leeds United women, who, despite being kicked out of Thor Park... Riddled, aren't they? Absolutely riddled, you Well, said. that's it. So they're not afraid. We were talking before about um, players being... Uh, inoculated by already having having uh, and I mean they've all got they've all got the pre-existing conditions as well haven't you were saying about them all being uh... all the diseases going yeah they played on Sunday and beat Durham Sestria 2-0 I think it's Sestria Holly Findlay and Bridie Hannon both scored from corners two goals in two minutes for a 2-0 win and they're probably the last representative Leeds United team to actually play a competitive game of football for the next weeks should we say weeks let's hope it's weeks weeks not months so respect Respect to the women for uh, getting out there and playing a game. Good on them. And winning it as well. Going out with a bang. So lined up this week, we've got the Extra Ball Part 2 of the Bryn Law interview and the Championship Manager Show is available as well. Phil Hay Show will be with you on Friday morning UK time. No match ball podcast, as you might expect, for the foreseeable uh, because there's no matches. We'll fill the gap as best we can. We'll do our best. The sound of us, should we buy a box of matches and just talk about them one by one? Ping through a voice memo via the squareball.net. I've, I've for- never been so dismissed. <laughs> Ping through a voice memo via the squareball.net forward slash WhatsApp. And you come up with an idea then. Someone did suggest to me actually on Twitter that I could read some of Ken's old programme notes. Um, obviously, I don't have any programmes from that period because I didn't want to fund the old scrot. So if anyone has a name wants to send me pictures through, I'll I gladly read them. actually all online, you know. I think I know where to find them. Okay. Well, actually, should we kick that off next week then? That's going to be well. I think it's one for small segments, isn't it? Mm. I think I think two or three minutes at a time is, is more than enough of Ken. His his twenty five minute. Well, can you call him a monologue? He wasn't really a monologue because there were such big gaps in it. It felt like it felt like you were having a break enforced upon you when you were listening to Ken on the radio. But um, yeah, they they got a bit a bit tough to listen to, didn't they? So should we get a we could get Ben Fry in to interview you and recreate the magic. <laughs> <laughs> I did think about trying to organise some sort of online quiz as well, but it's quite complicated. Yeah, well, we were saying there's going to be no matches. There's that thing, is it, um, which team's organising? Leighton Orient organising a big FIFA tournament. No, it seems to be sponsored by the Sun now, it seems to emerge, oh, which is fuck's which sake. is ruining it a bit, isn't it? Mm. Hopefully they'll go bust in all this anyway. That'd be nice. Anyway, on that happy note, uh, yeah, ping through that voice memo and, uh, well, ask us a question, give us an idea, whatever it might be, get you involved in the show and you can hear plenty more of that. We answer questions every week on The Extra Ball uh, when we're not doing interviews and stuff. We've got links through to the mags, the subs, the merchandise on the website. It's thesquareball.net. Done for now, then we will return. To be clear, I want the sun to go bust and not let in Orient. <laughs> That's fine. Thesquareball.net. We'll speak to you next week. Cheers. Bye-bye. The Square Ball Podcast. 
for free shipping and 365-day returns. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 